If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Our guest today is Alicia Evans. Now, Alicia's got a unique combination of being a professional animal communicator. She's an energy practitioner, bodywork and soul relationship coach, and she's going to talk to us today about relationships between horses and people. How are you today, Alicia? I'm great. Good. I'm enjoying a kind of cold Colorado day. Yeah. Waiting for the snow to come in. Are you? Are you? Do you, do you ski? Yeah, I do. You do? I do. Yeah. yeah I, think... I love cross country <laughs> and I love downhill. Okay. Okay. And then so that's your winter sport. Yeah. Yeah. Does your business slow down in the winter or not? Not really. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose people still need to be communicating anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And horses, you know, horses are always coming up with different things all oh. times of the year. Yes, yes, I suppose. Yep, yep. Okay, now, Alicia, we normally start off with a favourite quote. What's your favourite quote? And also tell us how it's inspired you or, you know, influenced you with horses. Okay, so my favourite quote is actually my own quote, I, not to be a narcissist, <laughs> but it's, um, if you want to know what's going on with your horse, ask your horse. Okay. That's Alicia. Um, because so many times, you know, people I hear, I, I read on online chats and I hear friends of mine who have horses and they're like, well, the vet said this and the vet said that. And I'm all about going to the vet. But what I have learned over, you know, 24 years communicating with horses and many, many other animals is that they really do know what's actually happening with them so, themselves. So when you work with an animal communicator, they can really share with you very precisely exactly what your horse is experiencing. So I always say, if, you know, if we want to know, ask the horse. And um, what inspired me, I just from the time I was little, you know, I remember being a little girl at about three or four years old in the Bronx of all places, right? Because there's not a lot of nature there. And we went on some pony rides and I just remember the smell you know, the smell of the horses, the smell of the hay. I just wanted to be around horses. <laughs> and even though I grew up in a two-bedroom apartment, I, you know, I said, Mom, I'll keep the horse under the bed, I swear. Yeah. I'll keep it clean. <laughs> you know, and then when I was about five or six, um, we actually went out to a stable. And just the sound of the horse's hooves as I heard them beating on the ground, it just, it lit my whole body on fire. It was just like someday, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure how, yep. you know. Yep, you're going to do something. 
yeah. yeah. Thinking about the whole healing. Mm-hmm. And you talk about a body, mind, soul relationship. Tell us how that all started, how you got started with all of that. You know, how did that all come together? Well, it started kind of unconsciously. Um, okay. When I was about 11 or 12, I, my dad ran a resort in uh, Pennsylvania, and mm-hmm. they had a stable. Yep. So I remember going up to the stable one early, you know, snowy morning, and no one was there, and I was sitting next to a horse named Patty. And Patty was a, a paint mare. She had one blue eye and one brown eye. And I just I just sat very quietly. And I was not a kid that was really prone to being quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, meditation was not something. Like, I was always moving or yes. was talking. Yep. Yep. But I remember this moment when I was just sitting there with her. And you know, all of a sudden, everything got really, really, really silent. And I could hear the wind kind of like rustling through the trees. And I could feel Patty. It was more... more then just like looking at her, like I could feel something and I knew she didn't feel well. And I just remember thinking to myself, you know, there's something more here. Like I know that there's something more here. I don't even know what it is yet, mm-hmm. but, but I know that there's a deeper connection and I want to be able to hear horses and I want to be able to help them. And from that awareness, um, you know, through my life, I was a fitness trainer and then I became a Qigong practitioner. And through my Qigong practice, I would go and spend time at a local barn and I would practice my Qigong in the middle of the arena with some of the horses. And I was so fascinated by, you know, I understand that there's a physical relationship. I understand that there's a mental connection. But then I also started feeling that the energy that was getting created through my practice and then the curiosity of the horses and just understanding on on an essence level. Oh my gosh. You know, these, these beings understand way more than we give them credit for. Just tell us, you know, for those who don't understand what's Qigong, you know, if you're going to explain just in a sentence or two about Qigong. Absolutely. So um, if you've heard of Tai Chi, which Mm -hmm. is an ancient Chinese self-healing modality. Yes. Qigong is actually the grandfather of Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. So Qigong has been around for thousands and thousands of years as an internal self-healing practice to help you rebalance your internal energy. So your physical health increases, you are connected in your body, your mind, and your spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were you were doing your Qigong at the stables. Yes. Sorry. Continue. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to yeah. put that in just in case oh, okay. people didn't understand. Yep. And then go from there. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it just, what started to happen because my Qigong practice was an hour, you know, every day, every morning, every night for about three years, mm-hmm. all of a sudden things started making sense to me that never made sense before. I'd be around horses, I'd put my hand on them, and then they literally moved their body into the place where they wanted my hand to be. And even though I hadn't, you know, studied energy healing yet, even though I hadn't taken courses in it, I was like, something really interesting is taking place here. These animals know, and they can feel things that I was, you know, when I grew up, I was taught Horses are big animals, they're stupid, and you better be careful because they're going to try to hurt you. That's Mm -hmm. literally what I was taught as a kid. Mm -hmm. 
And then starting to experience things where these horses had no halters on. I had no control over what they were going to do. And then connecting with them in this really soft, almost like a meditative-like state with my eyes open and connecting at that chi level where we could both feel and sense each other's energy, it just opened my eyes to a whole other reality that actually exists. Like, you know, when I first started my animal communication work, you know, people were like, okay, that's a little woo-woo, it's weird. But after, you know, a couple thousand times of doing this and being able to help animals when no one else could help them, not even the veterinarians, you kind of start to realize, wow, there really is more to this. And, you know, energy is not some weird thing. It's something we all exist in. And so that really became kind of like the foundation of my connection and my relationship with horses. And then the horses literally started training me. Mm-hmm. How do I bring people into this this energy field, right? Um, and, and how do I help people understand their horses better? And I'm sorry, because I think sure. I interrupted you because you were telling us about Patty, the paint mare, and that, um, you know, you yeah. thought something was wrong. So was something wrong with her? Because you were quite young at that stage. I was. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't feel comfortable at 11 or 12 years old to say, hey, you know, I know something's wrong, mm. right? Because yes. our, our stable master at the time was this big, uh, very large <laughs> Dutch man <laughs> named Andre. Yeah. And Andre had a little bit more of a cowboy perspective, uh, you yes. know, about horses. But but when he came up to the barn that morning, I said, you know, Andre, like, I, I don't know, you know, if I'm right or not, but I said, I think Patty doesn't feel well. And he goes, well, why do you say that? And I was like, I don't know. It's just a feeling. He goes, all right, well, I'll check. And that was really it. So I never knew if she did or she didn't. But years later, um, I landed up in New York City with another horse named Paddington. And Paddington lived literally in a five-story townhouse. This is how they ran the barn and the stable. It was so really not conducive for horses. And I remember being at a therapeutic uh, riding session with him. I saw him. I said to the people, I said, you know, he just doesn't feel well. Can I take him outside? And we stood outside for a while. And it was a slow drizzle. It was a fall day. And I just wished that I could take Paddington and ride him away because I knew that this life of living in a building, literally, like in a a five-story building, was not healthy. And with him, I called the next day to check on him. I had found out he colicked and he passed away. And then... Uh, two years later, that's when I started actually studying and training in animal communication. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like they do know. They know what's wrong with them. Yeah. They know. Um, they're very intelligent. They're way, way more intelligent than we give them credit sure, for. Sure, sure. I, I can certainly agree with you there. Now, Alicia, if, if someone wanted to do the type of work that you do, is it a gift? Is it something that can be learned? It's definitely something that can be learned. I, I really believe um, over the last 24 years of working with animal communication and energy healing and body work, I really have seen, I didn't totally understand my path as I was walking it. I was sort of led to the next piece and then the next piece. And, then the, and before I knew it, I was like, wow, this is actually like a career Mm. You know, knowing 
how to help animals. So the first thing that I would recommend for people is just start with an animal communication class. You know, just start with learning what telepathy is. Learning, like, do you land up hearing your horse? Do you land up seeing things about your horse? Do you land up just generally having a sense or feeling and a knowing of what's going on with your horse? That's what basic animal communication will teach you. And I think that that is, you know, a great way to get started um, if, if you're looking at the animal communication track. If you're looking at, you know, well, I actually enjoy body work, then start with just a basic massage course, mm-hmm. you know, or an energy healing course. Um, my career was built, like I said, I didn't expect that I was going to learn the things I was going to learn at six years old. I wanted to be a veterinarian. But when math and science came in, I realized there's no way I will ever get accepted to a veterinary school. Mm -hmm. So I gave up that dream. But years later, when I started practicing Qigong and started realizing, whoa, there really is something to this animal communication piece. And I can utilize that to actually help horses heal, especially if it's a case where the veterinarians could not, they can't find the diagnosis. Right. Yes. So they're using all their tests to find it. But then when I was able to ask the horse and say, well, what's your perspective? And the horse said, well, it's not that it's this, you know, then all of a sudden I was like, oh, my gosh. OK, so maybe I can help them heal. It just might not be in the way that I thought traditionally thinking that I would be able to help. Okay. And then when the energy work came in and then the distance energy work came in. You know, all of a sudden it was like, wow, I actually really can realize my dream of assisting them. It just was this natural progression because I was just sort of following where I was being led. Um, you know, what was the ne- what was the next piece? Mm-hmm. Qigong was the first piece. Then the animal communication came in. Then the hands-on healing came in. Then I learned about flower essences, like homeopathy. Then I started learning about teeth. And I started learning about it. So it's really been a progression of studying all these aspects, but really um, honing my gift. And I would say everybody has it. Everybody mm-hmm. is born telepathic. Okay. Okay. We're just not educated that way, right? Yep. Like most, you know, like when little kids say, oh, it's my imaginary friend. Well, they could they could, it might not be an imaginary friend. Mm. You know, they could literally be talking with an energy being. And we tend to discourage that, you know, or you know how gifted little kids are when they're like, well, my horse feels this my horse, because they're already so plugged in on that level. You know, they're just going right from their gut intuition. And then we teach them to close that down. Okay. So okay. that's why I say we are all born with it. Yes. Yeah. And it's learnable. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, And then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. 
So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Just thinking about um, a couple of case studies, you know, people that you've helped because Mm -hmm. if people can communicate with their horse better, then that's going to improve the relationship between them and their horse. Have you got a couple that you'd like to tell us about? Absolutely. Um, The most fascinating one was... um, I had been, last November, I was at a wolf sanctuary. Um, Actually, before that, in May, I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I was working with a woman who does equine leadership. And I took uh, two days with her, and I worked with her horses and loved her horses. They were great. About six months later in November, I was in a different place in New Mexico and met this woman at a wolf sanctuary who had brought her cat with her. They were um, driving around in an RV, and she was telling me that her cat was sick, and I said, well, I think I'm supposed to help you. So worked with them that night. The cat was better by the next day, and they said, oh, my gosh, it's right around Thanksgiving. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? You must come out to Santa Fe and visit us. We live right near Santa Fe. Well, it turns out they lived one mile exactly up the hill from these horses that I had met in May. Yes. So I went out to visit them, and when I was driving up on a Friday night, one of the horses named Blue was standing at the edge of the pasture. And I just, you know, went over, I said hi to her. It was evening. My headlights, they were just, the one thing that kept coming to me was, why do you keep showing me your eyes? Why do you keep showing me your eyes? I contacted her mom, and three days later, I went, I got an email back from her. She said, you don't know, do you? And I said, no, what happened? She said, blue went blind. And oh. we have no idea what happened. Okay. And I thought like all of this has to be too weird, right? Because mm. it's only like a mile away. and that. So I said, okay, I'll come down and communicate with her. So blue just kept telling me. Now blue had lost all proprioception in her feet. Mm. So I knew that something more was wrong because even if a horse goes blind, I've met blind horses that can see better than some sighted horses. So they will still have proprioception in their feet. But Blue didn't have that. And I was like, something's really not right. So I asked her what was wrong. And she said, it's not my eyes. It's not my eyes. She said, Alicia, I can see. But the problem is I have a pressure in my head. And the pressure is creating you know, pressure on my optical nerves. And that's what's cutting off the blood flow to my eyes. I was like, okay. I told her people, I said, your your horse, it's not her eyes. She does not have a disease. She does not have anything. And she's telling me she's going to see again. And the one person that I knew to call is my equine dentist because he's brilliant. And I called him and I said, you have to come up here. And he wanted somebody else to come. And I said, no, you have to come. He came. The first adjustment he did, she got all of her proprioception back. And she was able to see about, I checked in with her. She said, I have about 30% of my sight back. Wow. I said, okay, this is really, really, really good. And then he more um, adjustments on her mouth. Mm-hmm. And he also did some blood flow releases in her head. And Blue is fully sighted. And she is the first right. veterinary case of a blind horse seeing again. Because the veterinary veterinary medicine could not figure out what was wrong with her. 
Mm, and so mm. being able to use animal communication and hear her and then know what she needed is the first time in veterinary history that a blind horse has become sighted. There's so much that we don't know, isn't there? You know, like we just don't know. It, yeah. I know. Well, mm. that's why it's, I swear, Glennis, that is why I feel so lucky and honored to yep. be able to hear these beings because there are so many, I hate to say it, but there are so many misdiagnoses of things because of the limited amount we know. Mm. And it's been fascinating listening to and hearing the horses because that's where I came to that quote. You know, if you want to know what's going on, ask your horse, right? And most people, I can't ask my horse. You know, I got to have to ask the veterinarian. I have to ask this one. I have to ask this. But I'm like, your horse is brilliant. Work with an animal communicator. Like your horse really can tell you exactly what's going on from their perspective. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. It's certainly a fascinating subject that um, as we learn more about horses, as we learn more about ourselves, mm-hmm. I think there's yeah. there's a bit of an open pathway there. Yeah. And I, and I think that's it. I think if you've got if you've got an open mind and you say I just want to learn more, you can be open to experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Has that been is that available on the internet anywhere? Has it been you know recorded anything like that? Like I would have thought you'd have vets all over you like in the veterinary journal or or something. Yeah. I know. Yeah. They- well, veterinary, it's very interesting at times, you know what I mean? Because they'll go, well, it was a fluke, it was, you know, it, 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 it just doesn't sure. happen. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I think for any sort of research, really, it's, it's you know, how many yeah. cases. And I think as we know more, you know, there'll be more cases. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. What What about relationships with people? You know, can you think of a case study where it's helped relationships with people and their horse? You know, between a person and their horse. person and their horse, they may not be communicating, oh. may not be going very well, and um, a little bit of work with you, and then all of a sudden the partnership starts to work. Yes. So one of the most interesting things that I kind of discovered that the horses shared with me was, they said, do you know that a very large percentage of people that ride horses are actually scared of them? And mm-hmm. they said, what? And they said, yeah, well, the majority of people that work with us actually are afraid. Like they're afraid we're going to do something wrong. They're afraid we're going to step on them. They're afraid we're going to take off with them. And so, you know, I said, wow, I honestly, like I really didn't realize that before. So I said, well, what's the biggest thing that I can do to help you guys? You know, what's the biggest thing that I can help people understand about you? And they said, the first thing is, regardless of our size, understand that actually we're really gentle beings. Like we're not there to cause harm. And if you can help people first come to a horse from a relationship perspective, and think about the way horses really would greet each other first, which would be with breath. Right, they they'd be sniffing noses and they'd be sharing breath. Mm-hmm. They said, if you can just teach people to breathe in a more relaxed way, then coming to us, they'd actually see what's actually happening between us 
not the fears that they're projecting, that they don't even realize they're projecting, you know, upon us that can create a struggle. Mm. And, and that was, that was mind blowing to me, you know, yep. Yep. that was mind blowing. And, and it was, you know, even, even people that ride really well, I have a girlfriend who I worked with who, um, it's, it's just, there was not the ease that needed to flow between her and her horse. And I don't want to give anybody a mistake. I am not a horse trainer, but I understand the energy that goes back and forth in the relationship. So I can help with that finer point of the beginning foundation. Like even if you're an expert rider, but you're not breathing properly, the horse is going to go on alert. And so we spent a couple of sessions just breathing and the level and the quality of what shifted in her riding because I wasn't teaching her aspects or fine points of riding. I was teaching her aspects and fine points of relationship. And by the third session, she, she literally, she was weeping because she said, you know, I've never, I've been around horses all my life and I have never realized that it was possible to feel this much peace and this much connection with a horse when I wasn't trying to figure out how to get the horse into a collected space or move them or, you know, adjust them. She said, I never realized that it came from within me first. Yeah. And that was just, to me, it was like the heavens opened up. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, even if one person experiences that, that was so touching to me. So for me, like I said, I'm not a, not a technical rider, but I can fix any of these riding because I can tap into the subtle nuances of where the relationship is off. Yeah. And I can yeah. bring greater flow and harmony. Okay. Okay. So just thinking about one sort of message to go to people, a tip for them, that would be then to breathe. That's sort of the main thing that people need That's to take away it. is to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I really, everything to me, before you even get on a horse, it's the first thing is, Start a relationship through your breath. Yep. And so this way you're actually connecting with the actual essence of your horse. And I'm always, you know, my philosophy really is always it's relationship before riding. You know, there's a lot of people that know how to ride well, but I don't find that that necessarily means that they, that they have a spectacular relationship. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, over the years, I've really come to see riding as as a spiritual journey, you know, because you're learning as much, well, you have the opportunity to learn as much, if not more, from your horse than what you think you're teaching your horse. There are so many incredible things that I've watched horses teach their humans, but I you know, my jaw dropped. I was like, wow, they really are like pretty big therapists. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yep, yep. Alicia, what are your plans for the future? Next 12 months or so, what have you got going on? Continuing working with the soul relationship mm-hmm. between horses and humans. Okay. Uh, really, what are the horses actually teaching their people? You know, so for the people that they're, they're good riders or they just love their horses and they just want to have a closer relationship and a deeper bond. Uh, my soul with horses is teaching people the art of animal communication. It's, it teaches them the energy work and the foundation to build a really healthy relationship with your horse. And it also helps people really discover, you know, 
wow, this is a pretty big teacher in my life. I really kind of look at the horses as like furry gurus. Yep. You know, I feel like they're in so many ways, they're already enlightened masters. And they're like, could you just translate information for us mm-hmm. so we can help our people? If people would like to contact you to find out a bit more, what's the best way? Um, easiest way is via my website, mm-hmm. um, which which is www.animalhealer.com. And all my contact info is right on there. And I'd be happy to serve you and your horse. Perfect. All right. And those details will be, of course, at the bottom of your page, which is horsechats.com slash Alicia Evans or search for Alicia or search for Evans. So, Alicia, this has been fascinating, fascinating talking to you, hearing about the blind horse being able to see again. You know, I think that's a story that it's a shame it's not better recorded, but in time to come, people will look back if, um, you know, there's a few more cases like that, then that'll be good. And, um, yeah, look forward to having you back again sometime in the future. I would love that. Thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for inviting me and all that you do for the horses. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Alicia. Yeah, looking forward to talking to you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 